0: Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life, where relationships expert Judy K. Herman and her guests share insights that can help you move through conflicts in your nine to five jobs and your 24 seven lives. Crack the clarity code and create deeper connections beyond the messiness of relationships. Here's your host, Judy K. Herman.
1: A lot of what we discuss on this podcast is relevant to both personal and professional relationships. As a speaker and retreat facilitator, I also support organizations and leaders. Find me on LinkedIn, Judy K. Herman, or my website, judyspeaker.com. Wendy and Bob Anderson are an entrepreneurial couple whose lives have shifted dramatically with the discovery of their newborn son's rare genetic disorder They learned to partner through major decisions in order to meet the needs of their family. Wendy soon found her passion advocating for her family and other families who are also going through extraordinary means to care for their children. As a public speaker, she's a woman who isn't afraid to speak truth to power or challenge the status quo if it means creating more equity and respect for all. Wendy and Bob are a couple who have learned and are living a life of redefining normal. Let's listen in. We have Bob and Wendy Anderson here today. Thank you two so much for being on the show. I can't wait to talk to you because we're going to be talking about redefining normal and you two have a remarkable story to share. So can you share with us, first of all, uh, yeah, share with us who Bob and Wendy are.
2: Yeah, thank you, Judy. We're excited. Um, Yeah, it's a great question. Who are Bob and Wendy? (laughs) (laughs) The question that always gets asked. Yeah, so Bob and Wendy, um, we are parents. We have been married for 22 years now, and we have three amazing children. Uh, Dexter is 13, Phoebe is nine, Brexley is six, so we have been entrepreneurs together. We opened our first business on our first anniversary and have been entrepreneurs and lifelong learners together throughout this whole process.
1: So, I, so here's what I like to always do too, because it's a lot of entrepreneur, oh, can't talk, entrepreneurial couples are watching this. You mm-hmm. two do have a special story about your family, but I do want folks to know, and maybe Bob, you can lead with this if you want to, because there's usually a his version and a her version how Absolutely. you two met
0: <laughs> how we met
1: yeah yeah. tell us Wait, a little bit how let, you met we
0: let wendy tell that story
1: <laughs> oh wendy's the <laughs> <a> storyteller right <laughs> and
2: you can. i'll do it um okay. so bob and i met um i was coaching college volleyball and he came on as our strength coach at the time i was engaged to someone else and we were trying to set him up with our assistant coach <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with our other assistant. And so, yeah, as time evolved, um, that engagement was called off, thankfully. And I took a, I took a high school teaching job and coaching job of tennis. And I thought, well, Bob could probably help me um, understand some strength and conditioning for these girls. And so we met and had lunch and.
0: And then I offered to help her move. (laughs) Oh, there you go. She was moving from where she was teaching in Omaha, Nebraska to Grand Island, Nebraska, which was two and a half, three hours away. So I said, Hey, I'll help you move. You don't have anybody else to help. So I volunteered to help her move.
1: There you go. So, so, uh, and then it's history from there. So here you are, and you've been married, you said 22 years altogether. 20%. and yeah so what have like how many years before you actually had your first child
2: yeah it was he knows math way better than i was at eight years yeah okay Hey. Cool. Okay. yeah, yeah eight years before we had um our first son dexter
1: so you had a pretty good foundation of your coupleship so to speak before yeah. having kids yeah Okay, well, tell us about because having becoming parents. and I've talked with others about this. It's a real transfer. I mean, it's it's a real transition in a marriage, right? Your husband and wife, then you become mom and dad, and it changes the dynamics. And that's with any anybody. But for you two, you had a you had a surprise with your first. Everything went fine with your pregnancy and all, Wendy? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, yep.
2: everything was fine throughout the pregnancy. Um,
0: So for that that transition, our story is like this. Wendy and I were running our business and making a go of it. And we weren't getting rich, we say, but we were getting by and doing pretty well and liking what we did. And we felt like it was time we were ready to start a family. Our lifestyle as entrepreneurs wasn't very conducive. To having a family, we worked when everybody else didn't. We worked early mornings. I had 5 a.m. clients and worked till eight, and, eight or nine at night with clients during the week. And so we said, you know, one of we need to change this if we want to have a family. And so one of us needs to go back to school and get a real job. So through some discussions and 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 those types of things, we uh, decided that I would go back to pharmacy school and get my pharmacy degree and become a pharmacist. So that's what I did. So then we started that process, and Dexter, our, first, our son, our firstborn, was born the finals week of my first year of pharmacy school. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> That's a lot to handle. <laughs> so there was already a lot of transition in our lives.
0: <laughs> so not only was there transition for half-starting family, but we were we moved cities. We mm. changed locations. We sort of yeah. moved away from the business that we had built and started um, another one. Started a new one in Omaha, and when we moved so. from Lincoln, Nebraska, to Omaha, Nebraska, and um, yeah, I was going to school full time.
1: Yeah. So it sounds to me like in your partnership as a as a married couple, you had perhaps you already had some resilience of working together moving, establishing, redefining normals along the way, even before you had children.
2: Yeah, even before we really knew what it was. So Dexter was born in April. And then it was the first week of October. Um, Bob's mom was taking care of him. And I was at my body studio teaching and I got a phone call from her that said, you need to come home right now. Mm. And so it's I went home I was 30 minutes away and so Mm. home as fast as I could possibly get there and my son was sitting there playing with her and it didn't look like there was anything wrong and then you know a few short minutes later I could see what she was seeing where here's our six-month old son bobbing his head and straightening his arm and then going to sleep afterwards well I have enough medical knowledge and Bob being in the medical industry also, that I knew that it was probably some type of seizure. Mm. So I now about how
1: old was he at this point, Wendy? He was six months old. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah.
2: And so, you know, up until this point, I don't know, it was just normal. Like everything was fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yep. Yeah, so I called the pediatrician, um, I took him in thankfully, while we were there, he had an episode there, mm. so she could see it, and she said, "You know, um, our choices are we can wait about six months to get him into a specialist or I can check you into the hospital right now.
3: Mm. And so
2: we Bob had met me there, and we drove over and we checked into the hospital. and what we say in a matter of 36 hours and our seemingly mm. normal life changed.
1: Mm. Wow. Tell, tell me more, flesh that out a little bit, because there's other couples that have gone through some, some things, perhaps similar to yours where everything's going fine and normal, and then something is not. And what was going on with you in those early, that those 36 hours, I'd love to hear from both of you about this. I mean, yeah. What, what was that like for you? So
0: it was. My mom was our regular daycare provider. Mm-hmm. I was full time in school, and Wendy was working her new studio that she had just opened in February of that year. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was one of those situations where Dexter was at six months old. He didn't go to sleep mm. unless he had a bottle or was being after after he'd been fed. Mm-hmm. And so he was going to sleep without that happening. And so we kind of we we knew something wasn't up. Mm. Something wasn't right. We knew mm-hmm. something and something wasn't yeah. right so uh it was a friday afternoon mm-hmm. and i was done with classes and we was like we think i think we should take dexter into the c doctor
3: mm-hmm.
0: pediatrician and so we did and we went in that afternoon and we were checked into children's hospital that evening wow. and so then it was friday night tests and it felt like it felt like gray's anatomy,
2: anatomy.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness so
2: oh my have, goodness like you know, so many tests. Um, anytime he would have an episode, they wanted us to notify them so the mm. interns could come in and see it. Yep. What we, we now know, we get the
0: call button, and a whole bunch like of people, students, with blood. <laughs> residents, oh, wow. yeah. would wow. come and, yeah. and get to have that experience. Yeah, it was. Well, um,
2: we we obviously we found out that it was called infantile spasms. So they're the most debilitating type of seizures that an individual can have. Yeah. Um, It's, you know, fairly rare. So of course they wanted to see it, you know, Bob is in pharmacy school. We understood the experience of it yet at the same time, you know, it's hard to see your child being poked Mm. and prodded and put through Mm. tests and, and we knew it was necessary.
0: Mm. And we didn't know what was going on. Like we didn't know what was going to come of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so this yeah. has been quite a journey. So, so tell me more, what are some uh, parts of this journey? Because you said now he's 13 years old.
2: 13 so, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So we there were a couple of kind of defining moments for us. Are you gonna start um, in that hospital? Yeah, when the neurologist, um, he was amazing, but he came in and he's like, I have some good news and some not so good news for you. Which do you want?
3: We're like, mm.
2: Give it to us both. You know, mm-hmm. the good news mm-hmm. was that they knew what was wrong with him,
3: mm.
2: you know, what was going on. But there are many families that don't ever get a diagnosis. Mm. And he said, the not so good news is your son has tuberous sclerosis, mm. um, which is a rare genetic disorder where you can get non-cancerous tumors throughout your whole body. And he happened to have them in his brain and his heart. Oh, um, they can grow out of your heart, which thankfully he has. Um, But they will be in the brain, and that's what's causing it. And as he was walking out the door, he's like, just look at this one website. Don't Google it. Mm. (laughs) How did you not Google it? Right, right. And it says, don't do this. Well, of course you're going to, right? Yeah. And so um, there was just a moment where, you know, of course, we had our laptops, we had our phones, everything going. Where And I
0: was in pharmacy school, so yeah. I had access to very high-level medical resources to, to find yeah. out more about what was going on and what it meant and most kinds of things.
2: Yeah, so wow. we kind of indicated ourselves by bedside via our computers, and there was just a moment where like, we shut down our computers, mm-hmm. we shut off our phones, we sat there with Dexter, and it's really, I remember us having the conversation saying like, We have a choice to make here. Mm. We can lay down and stay down, or we can rise up and love him just like we've been doing. And we can get him the best medical care that is out there. And like we can just do all the things that we can do. Um, And, you know, we were both at different places Mm -hmm. and we can honor that for each other. Um, Like just in speeds of going through all of this. And that was fine, but it was like, yeah, we both, we both made that decision. Like, this isn't going to keep us down. Um, We're only going to rise from it.
1: Wow. I noticed you looking at your beautiful wife just now, Bob, what goes on with you as you listen to her share this story?
0: Well, I have very vivid memory of that too. And Mm. it was very much an intentional, conscious decision Mm. say you know what this is our new norm this is normal for us we are going to have to redefine normal wow what we we were getting with our healthy we thought really healthy six-month-old boy isn't what it is wow it doesn't make it bad it doesn't make it worse it's just not what we expected wow we have to redefine what normal is for us and Again, it was a very poignant, it was a very specific, intentional decision that we made. Yeah. And at that fork in the road, we said, we're definitely going this way.
2: It was kind of one of those, like the earth stopping kind of moments for us. Of course.
1: Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, you know, it's really, it's really sweet that you two already had this partnership. So when folks come to me as a therapist there isn't that partnership as a foundation and, and then these things happen and it, it adds, it adds more stress. So, but what I'm hearing from your story is that you have had this partnership where you both made this decision together, which to me is absolutely remarkable. Yeah.
0: And we'd had a lot of practice at that. We, we worked together every day for eight years in Mm. the same office. Okay, your office mates, it was, it, it was, again, part of the lifestyle that we chose Mm -hmm. to open our business together. I Mm -hmm. had a dream of opening a business and doing athletic enhancement for high school and junior high age athletes. And when he said, that's cool, let's do that. What can I do? Well, she figured out she was gonna do Pilates. And so we spent eight years you know, just like everyone else does in their career, working really hard to be the best that we could be at it. And the process of us working together in the same facility, in the same office, day in and day out, we certainly had challenges. (laughs) And we learned learned how to work together. That was a huge part of it for us.
1: Well, I'm so curious because I am a therapist. So like, I'm wondering now, how did they learn how to do that? Did they go to a therapist? Did they, you know, did they have their family of origin that just kind of like was so healthy? Or did you have a whole lot of bad experiences before that you knew exactly what you wanted? Trial and error. was
0: Yeah, trial and error is a really good, is a really good way to put it. And that was a huge part of it was trial and error because there was a lot of, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of really dark times mm. that you experience as an entrepreneur. And we were so green. We mm. had no idea what we were doing. Mm. We had to open a business because we were experts in our field and had no, no expertise business. in business. Wow. We just thought That's we scary. could do it. We were naive enough to think it would, it, we could do it. And we did. And so we made it work, right?
1: <laughs> and you know what, you've made it work in raising your son. I mean, he's now 13 years old. So tell, tell yeah. us about that journey for the two of you. Like, what are some,
2: yeah.
1: what are some maybe transition points or like, even what have been the challenges for those of us like me, I'm really not that familiar. What kind of like symptoms did you have to deal with? What were those special needs that he actually had?
2: Yeah. So as he grew up, um, obviously when he was, um, five years old, uh, he was also diagnosed with autism. I'm going to
0: interrupt. Let's I'm, I'm very chronological.
2: Oh, yes. I'm all so right away
0: place. when he was six months old, <laughs> that very weekend in the hospital, there just so happened to be a new medication that had been approved two months earlier.
1: Wow.
0: He, that was specifically for his diagnosis of infantile spasm. Uh-huh. and so it was meant to help control the seizures so we got him on that medication right away and it took some jumping through some hoops because it was brand new uh the insurance company didn't know really to pay for it it was pretty 15, expensive
2: thousand a month oh
1: my goodness
0: and so did we, you
1: get any kind of discount being a pharmacist
0: no it didn't work <laughs> that way no um no it didn't work that way we did we did um we had health insurance through my student or the because i was a student we had student yeah. health insurance mm-hmm. and so it worked mm. and um as soon as he started taking that medication like within a day or two his episodes were gone wow it worked it within just one dose it. oh my god sometimes
1: they're yeah, different. We get to within one
0: with dose them. she says so <laughs> then, like it just worked like it just it worked did. right away yeah. wow and so Everything was kind of good. And then it was a really long education process about learning what Tura Sclerosis Complex was, mm. what it meant for him, what it, what it meant for us. And so you when know, we, we, did some, yeah. we did a search and found some specialists uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio that we ended up connecting with. And wow. he's been in Cincinnati every year since then. <laughs>
1: Well, let me hold this because so his development from six months on to three or four or five, has it been like, quote unquote, normal, normal development? No, no.
2: Yeah. He is developmentally delayed, um, emotionally delayed, mentally delayed, like all the, all the delays. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, When he was three, we found out that he had a fast growing tumor. Mm. Um, 25% of kids with tuberous sclerosis get this. And so um, it's called a SEGA. Mm-hmm. And so we found out that- our so, op-
0: so the tumors in his brain- In his brain, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually continue to grow.
2: Yeah, at a rapid rate. And so we found out mm-hmm. our options- our options were brain surgery um, or medicine. Mm. If they didn't get a hundred percent of the tumor, he would be on the medicine even also anyway. Anyway, so which was mm. it's basically a, demo, a daily chemotherapy.
1: Oh wow! And mm-hmm. so, and he's know, only three at this
2: point. Three. Oh yeah, and the medication again, as it would work in our world, had just been approved for three-year-olds.
1: Wow! Wow! <laughs>
2: so, um. Yeah. Yeah, so we—I mean—we chose to do the medication. The thought of brain surgery on our three-year-old, and oh. if they didn't get one hundred percent of the tumor, was really scary.
1: Uh huh. Yeah.
2: And so that was a challenge. And so again, put him on the medication. Did all the paperwork. Another fifty thousand dollar a month medicine. Oh my. Um, to put him on that, and we're very grateful that within six months the tumors had shrunk in half.
1: Oh my goodness, that yeah. is amazing.
2: And so and to this day he is he still takes the medicine daily and you know so that was at three and then at five he was diagnosed with um, autism and so you know it's the autism that most people see,
3: mm-hmm, and, see mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: and so we do a lot with the autism community um, with that but no developmentally um, we had lots of therapists mm. therapists um, he was delayed in talking you know we would work with him like crazy about speech pt ot which he still does to this day also uh-huh. yeah, yeah so.
0: and at the same time he picked up letters super fast wow like, like he he knew the alphabet at 18 months and he could identify letters super early on wow it was it was, it was a fascinating experience if I was if one we were able to step back and look at it as the out, out.
1: Yeah, you can't do it when you're in the middle of it, right? It's kinda of like climbing a mountain. You can't really like, but when you get to the top, you can maybe look back. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like now he knows the alphabet. Absolutely English, um, Spanish, French, Russian. What? Sign language.
0: And he was working on German. And
2: he was working on German. Oh my gosh. The alphabet's just his thing. And so, like, one day he's talking in another language, and we're like looking at each other, and we figure out that he's, he had taught himself via video the alphabet in other languages.
1: That is remarkable. So, he's definitely gifted in ways that the quote unquote normal kid wouldn't be,
2: right? Right. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah so you've got other children we do yeah. yeah and there you said they were nine and six
2: phoebe is nine Yep. Yeah. um so with phoebe i ended up uh unbeknownst to me or us i had preeclampsia
1: oh my
2: so i ended up in the hospital very very sick and she
0: was going in for uh like one month out routine check-in
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah. BB was born two months early so. oh my goodness <laughs> um so she was a preemie <laughs> wow. and um so that took me a while to recover from that mm. also. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know really fast forward again everything with her has been fine she starts school her kindergarten year we're like something's just not something's just not working here. And then COVID hits the school shut down in the pandemic and we're homeschooling
3: mm-hmm.
2: and she's just not wanting to do school virtual with the school. We do a lot of work and things. Well, we figure out is that she has severe dyslexia. Oh my goodness.
1: Oh my yeah. goodness. Um, yeah.
2: And, and developed a lot of anxiety around it. Mm. He was young enough to know that she couldn't read like her other peers Mm. didn't Mm -hmm. have the language to tell us
1: wow
0: and i would maybe suspect she was embarrassed about it Mm -hmm. she we got reports of her in kindergarten in the classroom being so helpful with the other kids when they're trying to log in to do reading exercises for example on the computers like she knew how to help them log in she had it all figured out and she was doing that so she didn't have to log in herself
1: Oh my goodness! You know it's amazing the uh, the compensation that we just normally do, even uh, I get you know that young age, and you you wonder too how many kids are suffering from the anxiety because of dyslexia, and it's not even diagnosed. So that's really, and and here you were able to stay on top of that.
0: Wow,
2: that was I mean that was another. It's it was just a long, a long process. process. It was
0: very different than the experience we had yeah. with our son, which was mm. hey, this weekend. Whoa. Huge <laughs> change. Huge yeah, life. Yeah. Change. The, the situation with Phoebe was a long, long drawn out process.
1: Yeah. I gotcha. That's, that's amazing. And then you've got the, the six-year-old then too. So she's nine now, the one you're talking about.
2: Or? Yeah. She's nine. The one who has dyslexia. Yep. Uh-huh. And then yeah, our six-year-old is uh, Brexley. Okay. Yeah not any diagnosed disabilities, um, but we always chuckle at how different they are. And like, so last year she was a kindergartner and again, we're homeschooling all of them because Dexter's being compromised. Um, And I called up my friend and I'm like, Hey, like do normal average kindergartners do two digit math in their head, like on their own? (laughs) Like, No, Wendy. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I'm just checking. I didn't think so. But yeah, so like, they all just have such beautiful qualities in their own right. And um, they all just challenge us in so many different ways. And well, you, you take delight in who they are, however they come oh, out yeah. and whatever the
1: issues are. I think that's so yeah. beautiful. Like you're yeah. like, <laughs> that is that's amazing. Because you're yeah. you're raising your child the way you're I mean, your children the way they individually need and that is remarkable just tuning in yeah Yeah. that's
2: really that was one thing that was really challenging and intuitive at the same time is to Mm. really like figure out what makes each of them tick just Mm. like we have to do with each other
3: Mm. right yes Um,
2: taking that and figuring that out with him and our parenting styles you Mm. know different and what works for one Child doesn't work for the other, you know, and all three of them. So wow!
1: So but, tell me more. I I want to know how you, being parents, raising your special needs children, and having three children, how has that changed the two of you individually, and then even as a couple as well?
2: Yeah,
1: well, I know that's kind of a loaded question.
2: It's a loaded question, <laughs> and I giggle occasionally. I'll be like. What did we do before we had children? Like I, we ran a business full time. We ran yeah. a business full time 24-7. And
0: that was and that was our life so yeah. much. So yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's um it's really changed us. I think one of the things that we've really had to figure out, um, although we thought we were good communicators with each other, like we have really had to work on our communication skills with each other as mm. well as with the kids. Yeah. Um And that, I mean, yeah, occasionally they'll like run to me and I'll say something and they'll run to dad and he'll say something else. But it's like, you know, when you have a child who's on medication three times a day, you know, you got to make sure that you're on the same page and we've developed systems so that we know like everything is happening like it's supposed to. Um,
1: Well, actually, I want to hold that, Wendy, and and ask for both of you, because both of you were entrepreneurs, ran businesses and all. I'm just wondering, like, when you talk about having systems for your family, is some of your business sense, did it go into how you have raised your kids? I mean, I'm curious about that.
2: Yeah.
0: I would say certainly those experiences were hugely beneficial for Mm -hmm. just helping us problem solve.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And remember that everything is... Figure outable, right? We're able to just kind of figure out how to make things work. That's kind of how we learn to do business. Okay, we how to make things work, I'll and we that. do the same thing a lot of times with our kids. We have also learned over the years that, and I don't, I don't know if it was pride or just experience or what it was, being different than the way I was raised, like going and finding assistance help. Mm-hmm. Whatever it may be, those types of things and, and continuing to learn. That was yeah. a huge factor. just finding ways to continue to learn. Learning my both of my parents were teachers, mm-hmm. so I I was really instilled really well with the sense of lifelong learning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because learning was the foundation for growth. Yes. And yes. because of that, we were we've always liked with our kids, instead of I had to really grow a lot as a parent in my parents' style because I just defaulted to how I was raised.
1: Right. How
0: did my dad handle things? How did my mom handle things? And so I just defaulted to that because that's the way I was raised. Mm. And because of the situation we're in and because of the spouse that I had, that style wasn't as effective as I wanted it it to be. And so, you know, there's a lot of growth for me personally as a parent through that through that experience wow and it sort of came as solutions to that but the growth came first or the, the realizations and the growth came first and the systems were just part of the answers the daily solutions for those things.
1: yeah i'm hearing there's this like this growth mindset that both of you have yes being willing to adjust being willing to deviate from family of origin however they did it or however you were raised and like that, like being adaptable, that's like huge, isn't it?
2: Yeah. yeah. And that's really like I would say, and I frequently say, like, we're extremely flexible people. Mm. And that we were to start and then having our son really increase that. Like, mm. one of the things that we frequently talk about is like set the intention and release the expectation. Mm. You know, when. You have a child with autism, like you just don't know. And this is quite frankly, it could be any of our children. Mm-hmm.
3: So Yeah. But,
2: you know, we were taking him, let's say, to a movie.
3: Mm-hmm. We
2: didn't know if we were gonna be there for two minutes or mm. we were gonna stay the entire show. And it's wow. like we're gonna set the intention to go experience life.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Go experience this. And if we get to stay the whole time, great. And if not, that's great too. We tried it.
1: Yeah. You have to be really you have to really show up in your adult self, don't you? Like you can't throw a yes. temper tantrum when you're a parent. I mean, <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah or, or,
1: or like mullet, you know or, or have um, I don't know, there's all kinds of things we do as human, I mean as adults, right. you know the the versions of our child selves we just gotta we gotta be adaptable. I love that. So you set yeah. the intention, you release, the expectation
2: of how it's going to go now. Yeah, there might have been some pity parties on the inside, but we got over it. Pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> and and using that concept, it really helps change how we react to the situation so that it is easier to deal with. Like, hey, we're going to go to a movie and the expectation is we're going to sit there and we're going to watch that movie we paid money like this is i can hear my dad's voice we paid <laughs> money for this it was expensive you're going to sit here and watch this
1: and eat popcorn right? <laughs>
0: right and and so when we're able to set the intention hey we're going to go see this movie it's going to be fun we're going to have a good time when we're done having a good time whether the movie's over or not we're done okay. like the expectation isn't wow. that we. The entire movie the expectation is released whatever happens yes
2: we go experience it
0: we go experience it
2: that i
1: think is a real key uh with with folks just not being able to let go Mm -hmm. like you've got you know if you can't let go and i don't i think even in our society we're not really trained to i mean we want the familiar we want what feels good and all but learning how to let go learning how to grieve grieving thoroughly letting go and welcoming that not new normal but redefined normal right
2: Wendy right yeah yeah like we just had a situation a couple of weeks ago where I was we had a run walk in town for a family for a project that I'm really involved in and I was like we are all doing this. We are going on a one-mile walk together. <laughs> and like, I was dead set that we were doing this. And um, our son just didn't want to. Mm.
0: And I was
2: like, you are doing this. And to so the point where I was like getting kind of frustrated and, on it. And,
0: and he's a teenager. And in, and in <laughs> a lot of ways, even though he has developmental delay, uh-huh. it's almost like he's developing the delay in very specific channels. Uh-huh. And a lot of them. But in other channels, he's definitely 13. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. 13
2: year old wants to go for a walk with his family. Right. So in this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in
0: this situation, he had all these reasons and excuses and problems that was going to come up because he had to go do this walk and all these things. And and it was wearing on Wendy's patience. It was
3: mm.
0: hard for her to manage that because she had the expectation mm-hmm. that we were all going to do this together as a family. Mm. And at some point. She changed that mm. expectation.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: And I just went off with the girls. And I think you even said this. You were like, I've got it. It'll you be know, fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. I'll got it. He and Dexter walked the entire mile arm in arm together. And, you know, and it was just one of those where I had to exit the situation. Mm-hmm. stress that whatever Bob did was, was totally fine. I went and chased the girls down. Um, and they were still faster than me, <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, and they finished and then pretty soon Bob and Dexter finished and they went home. And yeah. so it was my expectation that actually was getting in the way, of mm-hmm. uh, what was really going on where once I just like released that and let it naturally flourish, Kim, and Bob had a great time. I had a great time with the girls.
0: Mm-hmm. And we set the intention. We were going to do this walk. And then we had very specific expectations of how that was going to go. Yeah, And when it didn't go that way, it was a problem. So as soon as we release those expectations, and hopefully we remember to do that from the very beginning, (laughs) then things just go the way they're going to go. Yeah, And there's not friction with it. There's not conflict.
1: Yeah. Well, we're all growing and learning. We're all human beings. We do like... You know, lose it sometimes or whatever, get frustrated. And uh Wendy, I thought it was very interesting. You did send me the statistic, which I wasn't really aware of, but it makes so much sense. What is it? 85, 90 percent. Is it 85% of
0: um yeah.
1: parents who are who are raising special needs children and then divorce? Yes. It's
2: yeah. a very, very high rate. Um, anywhere from 85 to 90 percent of mm. individuals parenting disabilities, children. Um, disabled children end up in divorce. Mm. And it's sad. Um, I'm in the, you know, I'm in the groups. We can certainly understand it mm-hmm. uh, with the challenges. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, you know, again, I certainly don't have a lot of answers around that, but just like our experience, and we're able to say okay what we expected normal to be isn't mm-hmm. what it's going to be mm-hmm. let's redefine what normal is for us and our family Uh-huh. normal yeah. isn't what we strive for normal is just what it is Nor- mm-hmm. that's what normal means right yeah. what is normal for you what yeah. is normal for our like, family and yeah. when that doesn't ever get when when people couples don't aren't able to cross that line or make that shift then you, they're still holding on to expectations, and mm-hmm. those expectations will never be met by a mm-hmm. special child the way yeah. you want them to be, or way you expect them to be, yeah. and that causes all sorts of stress and anxiety and problems and conflict. And,
2: yeah, like and even else. even someone saying, like, "Oh, just go get a babysitter," and you two go out on a date night. I'm like,
0: that <laughs> <way>. yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, yeah. Everybody's jumping at the bit to babysit mm-hmm. a child who has seizures and mm-hmm. on right like it just doesn't work that way or now throughout the pandemic um like we did get away in May for like two quick nights I think and we drove to a conference and that was the first time in four years wow that we had been away from our children out of the house together wow yeah. so That's it's,
1: amazing. I'm glad you all did that. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> if we could do that every quarter, that would be grateful, better. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. but And it's just things like that. Like it's really hard to find somebody to care for your children. Yes. Mm. We have God's father around us. He's 83 years old. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, we don't have any really other family that's right around us immediately able to help us,
3: mm. and
2: so, you know, finding those individuals that you trust, enough to spend the night, you know, all of those things, even just to go out for a dinner. Mm. So there are very unique challenges when you have a child with disabilities that so many other people just don't understand.
3: And
2: it's okay. Like we all wear shoes and they're not wearing my shoes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really, that's, that's a good point.
0: And with, and with children with special needs, Parents take on such a huge responsibility and role as caregivers Mm -hmm. that is sometimes more, much more significant than the care that children who don't have special needs require. Mm -hmm. Yeah, part of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, Bob's been, you know, well, we're both caregivers um pandemic started we are now homeschooling yeah uh, we're teachers we're therapists you know we're everything <laughs> kind of now we've just now started to venture back into having them do outside therapies Therapy. and that kind of thing but we just have to be very very careful and i even had a friend the other day she was like i can't imagine what it's like for you guys to have to make the decisions we mm. were invited to an autism event at the Children's Museum, mm-hmm. like well, there's over 400 people registered, so mm. that's going to be something that we can go to. Mm. Yeah.
0: And uh, one of the medications that Dexter takes to help his tumor stay sh- shrunk mm. presses his immune system, so he's extra susceptible to everything, including everything. COVID. Yeah, and we're just really conscientious about making decisions like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you definitely need to be. What would you say? Because uh, so, Wendy, you're you're speaking, you're you're getting your speaking voice out mm-hmm. and helping people to redefine that normal. When I think of that, I'm thinking once you get your normal redefined, you probably have to redefine it more than <laughs> it redefine I it again. <laughs> but I think it's beautiful that you're yeah. doing that. What would you say to folks? Because I'm sure you run across many families and couples, what I've seen in in my counseling is, I mean, it, it can be so stressful where like, and it's mainly, it is the nerd, it's the woman that is the nurturer, the caregiver, basically. And, and he can be so overwhelmed with depression and just check out and she's doing everything. And what would you say to that couple? How could you encourage that couple?
2: Yeah, it's, um, and you like, may not have anything. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> what comes to my mind and my heart is just like, we get you and we see you. Mm, and it's mm-hmm. one of the hardest things ever. Like we truly come from a place of love. Mm-hmm. Um, every situation is unique. Mm. And um, there is a lot of, I don't know if I want to call it depression or grief over what life is not going to be like Mm
3: -hmm.
2: you know i mean bob was a college football player and track athlete Mm -hmm. reality is we're not even going to have a high school football player yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah Yeah, we 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 literally moved back to where we live now so mm -hmm. that our kids could go to school at the the school that i grew up in a small town school Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of different experiences and again Our expectation was that Uh as Dexter, after he got his diagnosis, at some point before he started kindergarten, we tried to get some early interventions and the school district wasn't capable of taking Mm. up. In fact, they were going to ship him off to a different school district
3: because they were
0: incapable of helping him. And so, so much of that, like so much of that depression, and and again, I don't want to overstep here, but one of the perspectives that I have, and that when I talk to people about this, it's that that depression is directly related to what you believed that's mm. going to happen mm. and the way you expected it to happen. So it is really tied to their expectations. And unless they can redefine what normal is for them mm. and embrace and really embrace the situation embrace their circumstance um and 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 release their old expectations and sort of release all expectations it's really really hard to manage or deal with that
1: yeah yeah you're really kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you don't deal with
2: it yeah and and that's what i see a lot Uh and um comparing your child to other children Mm. like there's a saying in the autism world, and quite frankly, it applies to everyone, but like when you meet one child with autism, you meet one child with autism.
1: Yeah. And
2: like that goes to say for every child, every family situation, but it is like, I thought life was going to be like this. And mm-hmm. so it's that comparison that really is like the thief of the joy of your life. Wow. And, that is, and- it's
1: like, it's like the poison that you, you drink, isn't yeah. it? I mean, to do, but I, honestly, I can remember being a young mom and like, okay, my child's walking at nine months. Oh, my, god, you know, you kind of yeah. like do that. Like, isn't that crazy that we do that? But, yeah. uh, but we can grow out of that. We can learn how to appreciate differences and, and get out of this judgment. I mean, I right. think
2: right. <laughs> it is, it's judgment yeah. upon ourselves. I mean, realistically our son has a genetic disorder
3: Mm
0: -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. you know so and and
0: where did he get his genes from
2: yeah i mean
1: (laughs) that's 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 like a huge like all this internal stuff the narrative that you have about your own life and you know that really needs to be out there let's kind of like okay so what is this? And uh, guilt that's already built in all of that stuff. It needs to be cleared out for the sake of your child, right? To this, for the sake of your family tree.
2: It just doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't help the situations. It doesn't help the relationship, Um, you know, because then, you know, guilt tends to lead to actions of running and hiding Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that doesn't help a marriage out. It doesn't help family dynamics. And so just really releasing that. And it takes some work. Like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: We'll be the first yeah. to admit it. Like it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of conversations. To this day, we still have lots of conversations about things. Um, just helping each other work through things. And mm-hmm. like we will be, we're usually in the same book. We're usually in the same chapter, but we're probably not on the same page. Mm-hmm. And so that's really like from the diagnosis, we realize that mm-hmm. like it's okay that we're not on the same page.
1: That's right. That's redefining normal, isn't it? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and eventually, we'll get closer and closer and closer, and we may not get there. Um, but it's just not placing a judgment upon one another where we are, and I think that happens a lot too. So, mm. you know, and the the couples judging, you know, well like you're not doing this or I'm not doing that, or you're not helping like those just aren't helpful conversations. Honestly, it's like, how can we do this together? What do you need? What do I need?
1: Well, Bob and Wendy, you two are shining a light in the midst of a real need. And Mm -hmm. so many people, you know, are isolated and, um, stressed to the gills and, and anyway, I so appreciate even the energy of your beautiful relationship. I know that there's, you know, you. good, bad, and ugly, but you know, I see you two smile yeah. at each other like telling me your story. <laughs> like this is beautiful. Like this is such a yeah. breath of fresh air for me to, to interview yeah. you two. Oh, thank
2: you. Oh, thank it's you. been, it's been a lot of fun and thank you for everything that you do with relationships and, well, and this podcast. It's incredible.
1: Well, you're, you're welcome. How can folks get in touch with you if they want some help? Maybe they want to hire you as a speaker, Wendy, or get some kind of coaching. How do they get in touch?
2: Yeah. So the website is wendyandersonpresents.com. And Anderson is spelled with an E. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, on Facebook, it's Wendy Anderson Redefining Normal.
1: I love it. I love it. Keep up the great work you two are doing because wow, I just, um, I'm amazed at your story. And like I said, this is, this is a shining light in the midst of darkness. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. I was so touched by Bob and Wendy's partnership, not just as a married couple, or even as an entrepreneurial couple, but as parents And actually, I was impressed at how strong they have partnered through such major challenges. So here's my takeaways. Number one, through the strength of their partnership, Bob and Wendy give hope to other families to overcome the stress of caring for their special needs children. Number two, how profound it is to set the intention to go ahead and plan, do the thing, but let Go of the results. And number three, they give us permission to redefine normal. I think I heard Wendy say that normal is a setting on your dryer, it doesn't apply to your marriage and your family. So I love that. Redefine normal. What stood out to you? Share your takeaways by going to betterrelationshipsbetterlife.com. Next week, you'll hear from John Nolpner, a gifted storyteller and photographer who has worked on four continents, gathering accounts of human courage, grace, and resilience. Until then... I would absolutely love it for you to share, subscribe, rate, and comment in the streaming platform of your choice. See you next time on
2: Better Relationships, Better Life.